Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Bitches, we're getting married. I'm so excited. I'm about to get married. Oh my god. Oh my fucking god. Like, put that. I'm marrying my best friend. incredible Liz Bentley we're going to be talking about love is blind the hit Netflix dating show obviously I'm Nick Lachey Liz Bentley (laughs) how are you doing oh I'm good thank you thank you so much for having me on I truly I feel like my gift one of my gifts is bullying people into doing things (laughs) and this is one of my favorite things so far like we haven't really spoken about love is blind but I'm already excited for what's to come Yes, I was indifferent towards watching this. and Well, I was burned by The Circle. Let me just say, I know a lot of people love The Circle, and everybody was loving The Circle so much that I watched The Circle, and I have not like viscerally hated something as much as The Circle in years. I gave up in episode seven, like, enraged. So it's like, fuck love is blind, I'm not watching it. But, you know, then I got bullied. I feel the same way though. Like I couldn't even make it past episode one of the circle. So I was feeling the same way. Like, is this going to be similar? Um, But yeah, I, I loved this. Okay. So love is blind. Well, okay. I actually want to start with a couple quick fire questions before you. Sure. 
Um, first question is, why do you think that TikTok is so addictive? Uh, because it's, one, it's quick videos. Two, there's only at any given time about nine type of videos that are made. So once you learn what those nine videos are, you feel like you're a really good judge of like what's funny and what's not. So you scroll through and you're like, oh, I love this trend. Oh, that's a good one on this trend. That's a good one on this trend. Oh, that's a, is this something totally new? Um, because it's like this repetitive thing. As soon as you get it, like you get it. And right. uh, I just also think that like there's, it's truly limitless con like content. Like I can scroll on TikTok for three hours and it's a new video each time I scroll down. So I just think like the limitless nature. Also like teens are fucking funny. They really are. <laughs> like, that's a big part of it. Like teens and people in their young 20s are funny. And, like, they're funny on TikTok. And I wonder, like, why... I don't know how to say this. Like, I I guess... I appreciate, yeah, them having the outlet to, like, be able to express their humor and their intelligence through, like, any social media platform. But, like, mm -hmm. I think TikTok is, like... It even, you know, like, it adds an extra layer of creativity that you have to bring to it. Yes. It's to be compelling, which I, I appreciate that. And it's collaborative because there are these, like... 10 trends that go on at any given time. And so they build off of each other's ideas. Right. Um, you're totally right. Okay. So the second question is with the evolution of fashion choices happening at the Duggar girls, like Bill's wearing <laughs> yes, jeans, yes. <laughs> or Ginger's got her unholy blonde hair. Do you predict a Duggar break? Like I know that people who watch the show have predicted it every year, but do you think that we're reaching a fever pitch in 2020? Uh, kind of. Uh, Jill has been cast out, basically. Uh, Jim Bob doesn't let her come to the house anymore unless he's there. And she just announced she's sending her kid to public school, which if anybody's been following the Duggars for a long time, Jilly Muffin was always like the favorite star daughter. And I think that uh, because she was a true believer, she's having the hardest crash. And I think that her and Derek are kind of going away from the Duggars. But I'm not sure if there will ever be a true, true break with any of the older girls. I think they're all just like kind of following their new husband. You know, like, like it looks like a break to us. But I think Jill is still very much like under the rule of her husband. I think like Ginger is a lot of dire hair blonde because Jeremy lets her dye her hair blonde. And if she had a different husband, that wouldn't be happening. Um, right. So so it's like not really a break. I think Jill is kind of breaking. And I think uh, maybe one of the younger boys may break because you know how there's like 11 boys in a row and they're all like right. they're all like 15 to like nine right now and then the little girls I think one of those boys may break eventually okay love that I have hope for Josie uh, um I actually if I was gonna say the younger girls I would think it'd be more like Jennifer okay just because like Josie is so like babied and beloved by Michelle she is. That I think I think it's always the break is always gonna be either one a true believer who's what they call it like their shelf breaking. Because when you're a true believer and then like you realize it's not true, that's like devastating as opposed to you just like going along with it forever. Mm -hmm. Um or it's gonna be a kid that was like totally ignored and like it kind of flies under the radar and all of a sudden like is at college. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and, and when you put it like that, it's definitely going to be one of the boys because, you know, they truly, like, have their watch on all of the girls because they're yeah. precious gems from Christ or whatever. Exactly. Um, yeah, 
the I think the boys definitely. Well, I mean, we know that the boys get away with a lot. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Um. Okay. So let's get into it. I'm just gonna start. Okay. So love is blind. I'm. I think this is gonna be its own episode. So if you guys uh have not seen the show and you don't want to be spoiled by it, then turn it off, <laughs> listen to it. Um, but, okay, so this was 38 Days filmed uh, in October and November of 2018. Um, the couples, there were 30 people, 15 guys and 15 girls. Excuse me, there were actually 20 guys and 20 girls. They whittled it down to 15 and 15. Um, the couples that got engaged met face-to-face on October 19th, and they were married on November 15th. So the premise of the show, basically, is that they meet in these pods. Um, there's a 10-day speed dating process, uh, and... You can choose to get married to somebody or not, get engaged with somebody or not, but you never see them until after you, the guy proposes to the woman. Mm-hmm. Um, this was produced by the same people as Married at First Sight. So I saw that Saad was on Twitter being very upset that it was too much like Married at First Sight, and that's why. <laughs> um, so we had a question from a girl named Marjorie who wanted to know how much time the people spent in the pods. Um, and I did some research in the beginning they only had like a few minutes every, you know, mm-hmm. as they were going through all the people, um, and then they would whittle it down. Um, the creator, his name's Chris, I think Colin, said that anybody who didn't want to talk to anybody, like they would not continue. Like, so if one was into it and the other one was not, then that that would be it. Um, and then as the groups got smaller and smaller, they would spend hours at a time to with each other. They said, I think the most time that they would spend like in a full block was like four to five hours because they would have to break for lunch or whatever. Like, but then they could get right back to it if they wanted to. So a lot of people spent like all day with their partners in these pods, which is crazy. Yes. Um, I will say that one of my first production notes, cause I have a lot of production notes is uh, I found the pacing in the pods to be very weird to watch. Yeah. And I also think uh, something that is important to, like, just take out of the story altogether, the whole premise of the the dating and the marriage process is that you're taking out the physical element of whatever pretensions happen with that, seeing somebody and, like, maybe them not being exactly your type or whatever. Mm -hmm. You're just know somebody on a base level. The show's called Love is Blind. It's worth noting that none of these people are like objectively unattractive like you might <laughs> nope. not be like they're all good looking people on like in like a general world scale yes. it's not like there were uggos and there were going to be issues like you know anything like that so I think if you are too focused on that then it's going to ruin it for you yeah, which was because it did make the reveals kind of anticlimactic like I wanted people like running away in horror Right. And the only time I thought that might happen with would be with Carlton and Diamond, which I guess we can talk about more later. <laughs> it was quite a story in and of itself. Um, so basically, after the couples got engaged, they would they got a trip to Playa del Carmen, Mexico, and then they would go back to their quote unquote real lives in Atlanta uh, they got an apartment together all in the same complex and they were trying to make it work. And the 
to the month of them getting married. So another production note is that eight couples actually got engaged and they were not prepared for uh, there to be so much success on the show, prepared for like five couples to film. Um, But eight couples ended up getting engaged. Um, I I read that um, Kelly and Kenny weren't originally selected to go to Mexico because they were too boring. And then when Diamond and Carlton broke up, they brought Kelly and Kenny to Mexico. Exactly. Exactly right. Um, So the other couples included Wesley, who we saw very uh, quickly in the first episode, just talking about like how short he was. Um, And there was the girl named Lee. And then there was Rory, who we saw a few times. He was kind of like the counselor of the show. Like we never saw him actually really dating anybody, but he was always giving like pep talks to the guys. Um, There was a virgin, a male virgin. There was a virgin. He did not get picked. Uh, This guy I went to high school with was on the first episode, and then we never saw him again. Uh, I'm very upset about that one. And, uh, yeah, basically what happened was that they picked their six couple, five couples, and they told the other couples, like, hey, it's not going to work. So they were (laughs) even more boring than Kenny and Kelly. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> which is a hard thing to swallow. So they actually ended up going on their own vacations, like paying out of pocket for their own vacation today. Um, it's also worth noting that Nick and Vanessa Lachey are the quote-unquote hosts of the show. <laughs> I think it's worth that they're, they're more like the ghosts of the show because they yeah. appear out of nowhere. Uh, Daniel know had a theory that they were not brought on until, like, Netflix really decided to go ahead with it, and they were brought in in, like, pickup shots. I I did see him say that, but I wonder, because they were in Mexico. That's true, but I wonder if maybe it wasn't until they were in Mexico that it all started shaping up. That could be. And they could have done the shots with, like, all the couples. Also, the are cast. we sure they were in Mexico? <laughs> like, were I mean, the, we did. Or was it inside? I can't remember. Anything. I don't feel like we ever saw them doing anything. Like, going on excursions or anything like that. No, no, but, yeah, I feel like, like we just always saw them, like, drunk and partying. No, but Nick and Ma- Vanessa, like, when they were in Mexico, like, were they... Were there shots, like, outside in Mexico, or did we see them, like, on in a room in Mexico, you know? It was definitely outside, I remember. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, what did you think about their presence? Were they even necessary? No, I don't. I don't really understand why I had a host at all. <laughs> or why them? Why them out of anybody? I, like, rarely <laughs> think about Nick and it's only through the lens of Jessica. Yeah. And I especially, like, I don't understand the Vanessa of it. I guess I wanted a guy, like, a man and a woman so they could have scenes like the woman talking to the women and the Nick talking to the men. But I was like, like, okay. I know Nick Vilshay is getting a lot of flack for his, like, obviously Nick Lachey, and I, I agree that it's funny. But, like, at least compared to Vanessa Lachey, like, he is obviously Nick Nick Lachey. Like, Vanessa, Vanessa, I'm like, what the fuck is she doing there? Like, 
But only through the lens is he obvious. Only through the lens of Vanessa is he obviously the celebrity. And yeah, that's sad. Agreed. But I don't know. Like, if Nick pops up posting, like, some D-list, you know, Netflix show, I'm like, okay. But, like, when Vanessa's there, too, I'm like, oh, did she? Maybe they had, like, a big fight. And she's like, you cannot go on any jobs unless I'm there. <laughs> like, first of all, I have to remember that they're even married. Because I keep wanting to call her Vanessa Manillo. I mean, the only thing that Vanessa is good for is that picture of her and Lindsay Lohan holding the knives. That's the only that's the only thing she matters for. To be a fly on the wall in that room that night. Wow. Doing lines off of a knife with Lindsay Lohan. (laughs) God bless. Um, So I think it's gosh, who should we start with first? Um, I'm just going to go through the cast. Uh, we're gonna start with Mark. He's 24, a fitness instructor. I think he looks like a sexy marmoset. A lot of people disagree. He he's a, very bug-eyed. He's he's a wide-eyed Rami Malek. Yeah. The whole thing. But without that charming thing that Rami has, where you're like, he's ugly, but like he's charming and hot. Like Mark doesn't have that for me, at least. He, he's not ugly, but he's not, like, there's nothing where you're, like, you know, like, okay, for, like, a Rami Malek or an Adam Driver, like, the, ug- or even, like, a Pete Davidson, I hate to say it, like, there has to be something where you, like, want to look at them again, where you're, like, ooh, like, may- is he ugly sexy? Like, is there, like, that weird ugly sexiness to him, which Mark is just, like, oh, like, he's fine, but, like, I don't think he's very cute. Like, there's just nothing that, like, draws you back into him. That's fair. He's just like a nice dude. Yeah. He's so, like, he's so, he's totally normal, by the way. Mark is like fine. Yes. Totally normal guy. He's like, he's got Christian values. He's Mexican American. He's from Illinois. Um, he has a cross tattoo on his body with space for his future children's names. Okay, wait, I need to interrupt here because when they were in the pods, first of all, I was watching this show, like I watch all of their shows, which is paying only like 87% attention right so when he and jessica are both talking about how they're from like outside of illinois i'm like oh great this is gonna work perfectly because they won't have to move i didn't fucking realize until they were doing their home visits that all of them lived in atlanta and it totally changed the way that i watched this because the whole time i'm thinking like well who's gonna move like what where are they gonna live like why aren't they talking at all about how they're gonna like one of them is going to have to move. Like, they really did not set up, like, loud enough, at least for me to hear it. And I would assume most people are watching this show, like, I was watching it on their phone or their computer, too. Like, we took singles from Atlanta. They all live in Atlanta. They can't get dates in Atlanta. They want a partner in it. They should have been driving home that fact, because I would have looked at this a lot differently. <laughs> yes. And, yeah, it would definitely have been worth mentioning that, like, we intentionally got people all from the same area. Which is smart. Make it work. Yes. That's, like, a cool hook. That's an unusual hook for, like, a reality TV dating show that they all live in the same city. Like, that never happens. So when I hear that Jessica and Mark are both from Illinois, I'm thinking, oh, great. (laughs) It will work. Right. Exactly. Yes. They they were a little bit um, evasive about that fact. But the producer did say, like, yes, we intentionally made them all from the same city. So they had a better shot um, rather than them being all scattered across the country. Um, then we're going to go to I guess we'll just do the boys. Barnett, 
His name is Matt, but he goes by Barnett. What's worse than an adult man that goes by their last name? <laughs> I understand, like, and I won't even count, let's say, like, Mike Shea from Vanderpump Rules because Sheena knew him in high school and, like, knew him as Shay, And I think that's, like, fair, I guess. But, like, Barnett, like, why would you come into this situation and call yourself anything but Matt? Yeah, I think, like, post-college, you you got to stop, like, just, I don't know, like, don't give your nickname to people if that's, it's weird. Because it doesn't seem like, he was just like, oh, it's just my good friends that call me that. So, like, yeah. if you're not professionally something else, I think you just go by that when you meet somebody. Although I will say the exception to this rule is my dear Tomlin, who is a regular guest on Feathers in My Hair. That is a nickname that is her last name, but I think it's chic on a woman. <laughs> I agree. On a man, I'm like, grow up. But on, like, a woman, I'm like, that's cool. Which, you know, goes for a lot of things. Amen. Um, It's also very, like, triggering to me. I lived in Georgia for 16 years. So, like, this is all very, like, I can tap into, like, the energy of these people. (laughs) Barnett is a guy that I went, like, 17 dudes that I went to high school with. You know, Mm -hmm. it's this whole thing. Um, He's an engineer. His main game in the pod seems to be, like wavering between being like uncomfortably sexually forward with the women mm-hmm. and then like playing mash with them basically like projecting all these fantasies of like when we're married when we're engaged we're gonna be doing this he's like a future guy like oh yes. I'll, I'll do this for you when we get married like all very like fantasy something that grown women shouldn't be eating up with a spoon, but they do. You know what the kind of the ultimate twist to Barnett was? Like when they went to his family and I was like, Barnett's kind of a loser. Like he's kind of like a weird nerd loser. Like when he was with his family, he like didn't seem to have that cool guy thing going on anymore. And objectively he seemed like the quote unquote cool guy. Like he was yeah. his brother was kind of nerdy. It just seemed very interesting how nervous he was. Yeah. To get their yeah. approval. Yeah. There's just something, we- like, once he went to his family, I was like, oh, he's, like, kind of weird in a way that I didn't notice. Yes. There, we, I think everybody mm-hmm. hates Barnett just initially. Mm-hmm. And then I think you soften to him. You might not like him, but, like, you soften to him mm-hmm. once you see, like, what it is that he's dealing with. <laughs> yeah, I think Barnett um greatly benefited from be like later in the season he and Amber didn't get nearly as much screen time as they did right at the beginning because Barnett was like the hot the hot commodity right mm-hmm. and I think Barnett like benefited from that and and Jessica certainly he benefited from any every interaction he had with Jessica yeah exactly like I think because we just saw him and like basically you know as the season goes forward like I mean, because there's so many couples, we just don't spend that much time with any of them, you know, in the end. And, like, a lot of Barnett's time, you're right, like, it was, like, we were looking at it through the lens of Jessica. So we were just like, ooh, I guess he's okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's just talk about Jessica now. Um, I couldn't remember how old she is. Did you remember her saying anything about that? 34. 34, 34, 34. <laughs> Jessica, I guarantee you, is 42 years old. <laughs> And it's not even because so much of how she looks, but she does look 42 years old. Like, I'm going to be 32 this year, and she does not look two years older than me. But I would say it's because of, like, how obsessed she was with her age. I was like, is she just trying to convince us over and over again that she's 34? 
Well, I mean, okay. You can't talk about Jessica without talking about the red wine in the room, which is that she guzzles that wine like it's her job. I truly wonder, like, if the budget was affected by all of her red wine drinking. Um, She does a full Dorinda Medley turn, too. You literally start to see her eyes on focus. Like, it's great. Like, you can see when she goes from, like, just a little tipsy to drunk because her eyes are suddenly unfocused and she gets this look in them. You're like, oh, she's blacked out. Totally. She has a horrifying baby voice. Yes. She has very dry skin. Yes. Which is like, you know how like some women, they just look chalky because they're not wearing the fat right foundation, but you can see it's under the skin where the real problem is with her. Yeah, I think there's probably also a little bit of eating stuff. You know, she's very thin and she drinks a lot. Like that's not it's not good for your your skin and your hair and you know what I mean like when most of your nutrients are coming from wine like it does not do your body well or your mind yeah um Um, I would also say though to be fair to Jessica and everything that I've read since then she basically the first day in Mexico was like I want to go home I hate Mark and production talked her into staying I keep seeing the word you like forced her to stay but I, I highly doubt anybody forced her, but they talked her into saying. So I wonder if she just, like, really amped up the drinking so she could, like, deal I, with it. I saw that, too. And I'm trying to – I'm, like, a little bit cynical about any positive things that come out about Jessica because it could just be, like – But Mark was saying it. Mark said that she didn't stay at the apartment the entire time, basically. Um, she lived in her house. Huh. Because that was the deal, basically, production made. They, like, make it through Mexico, and then you can go stay, like, live at your house. And that's why she would randomly be there with the dog in the apartment, and it's because she was going back and forth with her dog. Right, right, right. right. The dog that also drinks wine. Yes. Um, I do think Jessica drinks a lot because the fact that she was able to drink that much all the time shows that she probably drinks that much in her regular life. But I'm oh. saying I wouldn't be surprised if it was amped up, but I don't know a woman that that is that thin and drinks that much. Like they're not going to look good. No, not at all. And like, yeah, not, not at all. Um, okay. So Kenny, we don't really need to talk about, he's totally boring. He had a flesh, flesh colored beard, like uh, Spencer Pratt, Damien, who's, uh, probably objectively the least attractive guy on the show. He's very quiet, very serious, well, also very boring to me. We have Cameron, who was sexy to me. Did you? Do you think Cameron's hot? Uh, I actually thought Damien was better looking than Cameron. Something about, I don't know, something about Cameron's like big neck was like kind of weird to me. <laughs> also, like when he started to rap, I was like, oh no, no, no. I had to put my put a pillow over my head during that. It's uh, tough. Um, I think I actually thought Damien was better looking than Cameron. I I found Damien's like aloofness to be more attractive than Cameron's earnestness. I think. Interesting. Although That's- like Cameron's definitely a MAGA person, and I was so infuriated by that scene of him and Gigi like talking about politics, but not specifically laying out what their political views were. Because I was like, how the fuck am I supposed to judge this conversation if you won't say, like, what you're actually talking about? 
Yeah, I mean, they said it without saying it, and it, I thought it was very weird that he was like, you're not going to change your political beliefs, right? And she was like, no, I have, you know, a family in Venezuela that I send money to, which, I mean... Makes yeah, but that might have been, here's the thing, and I don't know if a lot of people realize this, but that might have been her being like, I, he, like, for all we know, he could be like a Bernie but bro, and she, like, fucking hates anything having to do with socialism because she's from Venezuela, and that's, like, socialism is... Not to be so political, but, like, a lot of – it's, like, under the guise of socialism that Venezuela, like, got into these issues to make it extremely simple. Please don't come for me. This is, like, the most simplified version of what I'm trying to say. And so I was, like, well, maybe she, like, hates anything that's too leftist because she views it as socialism and she views that as the reason that Venezuela is having so much trouble. Like, basically, it was just, like, just say what you fucking mean. Like, just like just say it. Right. Ugh. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, that's that's very interesting. I didn't think about that. Okay, so here's the reason why I did think that he was a Trumper is because... Because he's a white uh, male in Georgia, same. Well, <laughs> yes. But when he got engaged to Giannina, he said something about her skin tone. And, like, Giannina's Latinx, but she's white. white. Yeah. <laughs> and he said something, he was like, oh, I just love her skin tone. Like, it's so, like... I'm like, what do you mean? She's basically the same color as you. Like, yeah. what that mean (laughs) well also like a lot I mean I lived in South Florida for a long time like a lot of white Latinas are or Latinos are Trumpers yeah that is true so that's what I'm saying like who knows what you know what I mean like who knows which is why it made me so annoyed I think obviously like our first instinct is to say like Damien is the Trumper and she's not and they fight like they fought about it but it just it's like I need to know who I'm supposed to be rooting for here (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Say it or don't, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we have Kelly, also boring a house coach. Okay, back to Cameron. I is- wait, I thought Kelly and Kenny were truly gonna be together forever because I was like, these are the most boring, boring people, and like you know that that's gonna work. Well, the fact that they bonded over like crying over a children's book was that, like okay. by the way, that was so fake. He was such a liar. <laughs> It was so, like, Hallmark Channel, like, I couldn't deal with that. He was like, the book? Yeah, I've read that book. I love that book. <laughs> it was the I Love You Forever, that, like, creepy one about the mom dying. Is yeah. that the book? Yes, that's exactly. Um, yeah, he, he said it was still his favorite book to this day, which is a choice. Um, Cameron owns an AI company. He went to UGA, which I think is very interesting, because... He's obviously, like, a scientist and in tech, and Georgia Tech is, like, one of the best schools for that. So, and Emory. And I I find it very interesting, as a Georgian, that he went to UGA. That says something to me. I saw a funny it's, tweet that was, like, you can't be a scientist and be on Love is Blind. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. I, I just can't imagine Cameron being an athlete. It's very strange to me. But um, mm. he's the low talker. And I don't enjoy that. That was my least favorite part of him. He is the one who gets, uh, he drop, plops the question first to Lauren, um, which was on day five. Lauren is, you know, beautiful, everything, perfect, gorgeous, black queen. Yeah, except her. can we discuss how her job is a content creator? And then they go to her house and like she just has like YouTube filming setups and you're like, what does she do? Like, what is yeah. her job? Like, and she's not, she's not like, okay, there's something 
when somebody's a 22 year old content creator, you're like, okay. When someone's a 33 year old content creator, you're like, so what's your job? (laughs) And again, that's the beauty of Atlanta is that everybody has these like vague jobs that you're like, I guess you make money, but like everybody seems very important. And they're always putting these like job titles on them that like don't really (laughs) sense, but like it's something. There's a lot of bullshitting happening in Atlanta. And I love that. I love that because, yeah, you're right. At the end of the day, you call yourself a content creator, but really you're just a girl who lives in a studio with, like, a backdrop. Yeah. Also, I did see an article that was, like, is everyone on Love is Blind just a wannabe influencer? And it's like, yeah, dumbass. Like, it's who else is going on a reality show? Of course. That's the point. Why else would you go on a reality show? It doesn't make any sense to me. Finally, well, not finally, but we have Amber, who is, I don't think she was ex-military, but she says she, like, was a tank repair lady. Yes, they, I, okay, they always had her job as, like, ex-tank mechanic or something, (laughs) something very, a very weird way to describe someone's profession, but I think she was military, because she said, I thought she said she joined the military. Mm -hmm. But I think it may have been, like, a local Georgia military. Like, it, it, I feel like if you're, like, if you're Army, you say you're in the Army, right? Like yeah. Like, you're not thinking about where you're from, what you were doing. And the fact that she is has been work, or did work there for seven years and has nothing to show for it financially. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I was, and she, but, student, also, you're right, because when she said she had student loans, I was like, but didn't she say she was in the military? yeah. It's it's strange to me. Um, she says she was like this person who hit a tank, the first the first woman to hit a tank first. I don't know <laughs> who gives a shit. But she's, she's not like, like the rest of the girls are Amber. She's the girl, she's a guy's girl. She you know it's just like girls don't like her. She just keeps it real. It's like always drinking beers with the guys, right? Like ugh, yeah, okay disgusting um but she's also like very clear that she's very hot and that is the reason why we've not been able to find somebody who really okay. loves let's discuss this because in the first episode she says people think she's stupid because she's so hot and i'm like you're not that pretty like is amber pretty yeah like don't get me wrong like amber's very pretty she's like the prettiest girl in her small town like for sure but she yes. is not hot enough or like stereotypically hot enough like when people say like people underestimate me because I'm so pretty they're talking about like Paris Hilton blondes like waif like blondes or like Cameron from Real Housewives of Dallas you know like right like it's not just like you're beautiful so people think you're stupid like there is a whole like stereotype behind that and Amber doesn't fit in like that she doesn't look like that so it's just like a crazy thing to say it was a weird thing to say, and I think once we went home, when once we went to her house, I was like, oh, yeah, you're hot for this area. Oh, absolutely. And, like, she is pretty. Like, I'm not sitting here being like, Amber's not hot. Like, she's ugly. Like, no, no, not at all. She's just not, like, when you look at her, you're not like, oh, that girl must be an idiot because she's so hot. Like, right. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't make any sense. No. Um, and then we're going to go to the last couple, which is Carlton and Diamond. Diamond was... <sighs> A an NBA dancer. Well, they didn't say NBA, but maybe they couldn't. They said she was a basketball dancer, and I oh. hope it's NBA because oh, you're right, they didn't. 
Help me God if it was anything less than the NBA that poor. Well, that would make a lot of sense with her. Well, also like being an NBA dancer once again is like not that's not a job. It doesn't really bring home the bacon the way. No, it pays like a hundred dollars a game. Like that's not a full time job to be an NBA dancer. Like what's your profession? Again. The Atlanta jumped out. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Carlton um, is a gentleman who we learned was actually um, Cynthia Bailey's former assistant. He has a scene on The Real Housewives of Atlanta where he gets into it with Kenya. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> he's kind of – they're at the Bailey agency, and I can't remember why they got into a fight, but I'll, I'll post it on my Instagram. Um, so again, another Atlanta type who's been on a, a reality show before, probably been on, you know, Atlanta exes or yeah, women <laughs> or like a weird like YouTube Atlanta reality TV series. A YouTube, you guys, there's a whole genre of yeah. these like black yes. guys in Atlanta that have YouTube series. Yes, <laughs> like reality shows. They're yes. so rash. Yes. <laughs> They're, the, they're like the bottom of the barrel in terms of reality. Like, truly, a lot of it is, there's one, and I wish I could remember the name, but it's, it, the first season was legit filmed on somebody's phone. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the transitions are awful. Like, it was somebody truly like, okay, I'm going to sit down on my MacBook Pro today and learn these transitions. And it, uh, if you guys are ever bored, please take the time out to learn um so what did it do you remember what they said carlton did for a living no i don't i was gonna ask you a, some sort of you know again content vague, creator <laughs> yeah big atlanta thing i'm gonna uh, start telling people i'm a content creator because like i am tech like i am i get paid to create content it's just not my career my job <laughs> I've started telling people that I'm a creative, just just to be an asshole. <laughs> um, so I think we should just get Carlton and Diamond out of the way because they okay. were quickly ousted. So um, I have a question. Do yes. you think that Carlton and Diamond's, like, okay, do you think that they would have worked better in this, like, blow up would have worked better and, like, this backstory being a shocking reveal would have worked better? And I know you are you know what I'm, like, mean by this, like, on a black show as opposed to basically a white show like Love is Blind. Um, I think we would have gotten more into the nuance of it more. And I think that maybe people, the audience would have understood his position more. Yeah. But I don't think that Carlton handled the situation oh, well. No. Really. <laughs> no, 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 no. This isn't me defending it, but I do think the nuisance of this, as somebody that watches and consumes a lot of, like, Black entertainment, like, gets lost on a show that's mostly being consumed by white people. For sure. For sure. Because there are just things that you really have to, like, know about. Yeah. And that, like, it's going to be more of a, like... I don't know. I just think that there's a conversation missing in the audience members of Love is Blind in regards to the two of them. I, I fully, fully agree. Especially as again, as people in Atlanta, like that yeah. it's his situation is not uncommon at all. So exactly. They, and it does carry, you know what I mean? Like it does carry like sir like so when Diamond's like, How come you wouldn't tell me? Like that is a different conversation. Like that plays out differently, I think, on a black show than on a white show where it comes off as more homophobic, but it's missing like the nuisances of you know what I like it's just missing something. 
I, I, I could not agree with you more. Um, I knew that they weren't going to work out. They kind of like edited Carlton to be like the bad boy, the asshole from the beginning. Yeah. But more so Carlton. Um, we see him like walking out of having a conversation with Amber. She's like, oh. you remember she was talking about like how she had to like make her own masculine energy because no man was going to do it for her. And he literally <laughs> walked out of the pod. Oh, and- yeah, that was bad. Does it like neck, like, uh uh-uh, uh, I'm not dealing with this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he and Diamond got engaged on day six. Um, and basically, once they get to Mexico, things take a turn very quickly. We see a conversation of them having like a romantic dinner with each other, and things just really aren't gelling. He's being kind of like overly aggressive in a weird way, but I think he's like trying to be flirtatious, but it's just not translating well. Yeah, they, I mean, I think that he wasn't into her, like, from the jump. I think that when he saw her, he wasn't into her. 100%. Even though, like, she was very pretty. Like, I don't mean that it's, like, a knock on Diamond. I think type-wise, like, neither was the other's type. And, like, right away they kind of knew and were, like, off right away. I, I fully agree. I was like, as soon as they see each other, this is not going to work. I genuinely thought he was going to say no. Um, I wish. That would have been more fun. <laughs> Carlton is a um what'd you say like he's more like dressy kind of like a queer eye like mm. wears a you know like tailored suit with like yeah. a like a loud button down under it like, like a Bentley if you will yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, yes exactly <laughs> with the without the umbrella um yeah. and diamond Diamond's just more like, <sighs> she just has that like unpolished season yeah. one Real Housewives of Atlanta sheen to her. Agreed. A, a very love and hip hop. Yeah. Like, she wears a lot of Fashion Nova. She's definitely yeah. got extensions. She makes sure to showcase her baby hair. I mean, but- I think he would have been more into a Lauren. Oh, a hundred percent. Like a guy who a girl who's like in a Jack and Jill program, like very kind of yes, like exactly more polished. If you want to say that, um, yes. like so, the classic, like upper middle class, like type of look. Yes. Um, okay. So basically they have this huge conversation. Carlton reveals that he has a huge secret. Um, and that is that he has, is, I don't know if he claims to be bisexual now, but basically he says he has had past relationships with men and that he was looking for, he's attracted to hearts, not parts. Oh God. Which is, by the way, it's like, we're not saying that anymore. Like, <laughs> can we not? Um, so the way he presents this, and this is my first issue is that he he says, you know, like, I have to tell you something. You're really not going to like me. It's been an issue in the past. Like, and people have really left me because of this. Um, and then he drops the bomb, if you want to call it that, that he's bisexual. My first issue with this is that he, you can kind of control the narrative and I don't want to say manipulate, but like, you can kind of control people's reactions mm-hmm. based on how you deliver information. And I think, like, rather than saying, like, I have this huge secret that's been a problem, yeah. to say, like, yeah. this is my truth, this is yeah. my 
past and like accept it. Like he created so much shame around his yes. situation that like how could you expect her to react positively? I also think that he it okay. I hope people understand what I say when I say this. I think that he knew that it would be an issue for Diamond, right? Like, I think he knew from the jump it would be an issue from Diamond, whether that's, like, right or not. So he should have told her in the pod. Because I, like, like, I don't agree that it should be an issue. You know what? Like, in an ideal world, Diamond would have been like, oh, okay. Like, who cares? And she should have done that, like, for TV. Like, if she was smart, she would have been like, okay. Like, who cares? Like, I... I don't think her reaction was great either, but I think that because he knew it would be an issue, it should have been told sooner. Yes, I fully agree. And I think, and not because it is an issue, but because he knew that it would be an issue for her, which is why he was flipping out about telling her. Yes. Like he's literally screaming. He's taking his hat off and he's screaming fuck. And like, just like freaking out by the pool. And she's like, (laughs) <laughs> like imagine someone doing that like and then they're like I used to fuck guys you'd be like wait what <laughs> like, <laughs> it, I mean, yeah, truly like I think you're right I think he knew if if he didn't know that she would react negatively I think he knew that like the sink was the ship was sailing sinking and that he like I think he wanted to come off looking like like, I'm going to make her look like the bad person in this situation. Interesting. Rather like he, than... Like, maybe right away he was like, well, I don't want to be with her anyway. So, like, let me set it up as, like, I know she's going to be homophobic in reaction to this. So, I'm going to make her look homophobic. So, I'm going to walk away with, like, this, like, this great look. Yeah. And I hate to say that. Because, yeah. well, like... it was a good plan. He's just an idiot and couldn't, like, strategize it well. Like, if that was his plan, like, he didn't do a good job with it, but I don't think it's a terrible plan for, like, TV fame. Like, he in his head was probably like, Ellen's gonna have me on. (laughs) I, um, no, I think, I think he, he had a game plan. He just did not execute it well at all. He went right to, like, this terrible misogyny. Like, he, and she kind of, like, he should have let her, like, he should have given her enough rope to hang herself, right? Which is what he was trying to do, but then he got ahead of himself. And instead of, like, it just looking like this woman, like, was a homophobe and unfairly rejected him for being bi, which is a major problem, and let's have him on all of the talk shows to talk about, like, biphobia and how it plays into homophobia and how men are bi and it's okay and all of that stuff. Instead, it becomes the only conversation is about him like throwing a drink on a woman and calling her a bitch and like yelling about her wig. Like, (laughs) So basically what happens is that they, uh, Diamond is like, I need a night to like really digest and think about all this. So they sleep in separate hotel rooms. And then the next day they meet up and she was like, still like, I don't feel great about you being bisexual, but I mostly am upset that you waited until after we were engaged to tell me this. And he keeps, like, pushing her and pushing her and pushing her to get into this argument. And she's like, you're putting in a weird place. And then he calls her a bitch. Yeah. Here's another thing. He goes from zero to 100 so quickly. So quickly. And here's the other thing that I had an issue with is that, like, he kept vacillating between saying, like, nobody has a problem with this and it's just you. Yes. This is, like, my childhood trauma and, like, I'm so used to, like, it can't be. 
it literally cannot be both. Like, she's either the only person who's reacted this way, or she's one of everybody who's reacted that way. Like, he he wasn't keeping his story straight. A hundred percent. I also think Diamond kind of lucked out by Carlton, like, going fucking ballistic. Because I think if he did keep his cool, we would have been coming down a lot harsher on Diamond in the end. And I think we would have... I haven't seen a lot of talk at all about Diamond and her choice. It's all been about Carlton and his reaction. And I think she got pretty lucky. Uh, I do think like Diamond's best bet would have been like, okay, I just want to take the night to digest this. And then the next day came to him. And I don't know, maybe I'm thinking too strategically and not giving these people enough credit that they just truly wanted to fall in love. But she should have the next day been like, you know, I'm okay with it. Like, I accept you for who you are. Yeah, yeah. And then like, that's what she should have done, but she didn't, but she kind of lucked. I think if Carlton had really kept his cool, we would have been like, oh, Diamond, she's a homophobe. But yeah. we're not really saying that because he went so next level that, like, anything she did is just so pale in comparison. Even though she walked off singing Beyonce lyrics from Don't Hurt Yourself, <laughs> she still looked like the more sane person. <laughs> How about when she just walked? I, okay, I was like... I found the pot episodes, to be honest, kind of boring. I didn't feel like any, like, electricity between the people. The pacing was weird. I was, like, kind of, I was, like, okay. I was all in when they had that fight, and then they panned to Diamond, who walks away and just finds a random desk outside, and she just, like, lays down with her head on the desk and is sobbing with her head on the desk. I was laughing so hard. I was, like, okay, I'm all in. <laughs> Um, so yes, going back to the pods, I think really the only thing interesting we saw was like the relationship, I don't even know what shape this would be, between Rectangle, probably. Mark, Amber, Barnett, Jessica, and Elsie. Yes, that was the only interesting thing, I agree. Um, the rest of it was just, I think there just wasn't anything that compelling about watching people in the pods. And I'm not sure how they retool that for the next season. But when I was watching the whole time, I was like, what are they going to get somewhere where they can fuck? Like, th- like, come on. This is like, <laughs> like, I want to see them like interacting and like, like, I understand that's not the point of the show, but Oh, and I was also confused when I started watching it because I don't know why I thought, like, the whole thing would be, like, they're in the pods and then they get married, like, the next day. So, like, all of a sudden they're, like, out of the pods and I'm like, it's been two episodes. Like, where are we? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, they don't, like you said, the pacing is weird and they don't do a lot of explaining. No. You think that we, they would set up the whole, like, in the first episode, you think they would, like, clearly lay out, like, the whole plan of the experiment? And unless I missed it, they didn't do a good job doing that. They didn't. There were a lot of intricacies that you had to, like, kind of pick up along the way. Um, so, basically, what happens in the pods with this group of people that are all mixed up with each other is that Mark and Jessica hit it off the first day right away. Then she meets Barnett. Barnett is sort of the player of the group. He's got three girls that are really into him, Jessica, Elsie, and Amber. Yeah, and it was obvious from the jump he would pick Amber because he kept being like, I think, like, the two of us are going to explode. And it's like, the guy always goes for that one. Oh, yeah. You always go for, like, what you think is hot and crazy? Yeah. <laughs> they love that. Um, well, and Amber, like, repeatedly says, like, Mark, or Matt can never leave me because I will kill him. And it's like, I think she's serious. 
yeah, and I think he loves that. I bet it yeah. doesn't get so hard. Yeah, um, and these men love that until they don't love it. <laughs> exactly. They think it's so hot that she's, like, crazy. She's probably, like, really, she wants to have sex with you everywhere and all yeah. the time. And it's so great. And then, yeah, and then. Well, next- until she's, like, in your house and she's, like, well, you know, if your mom ever says anything mean to me, you have to yell at her, right? <laughs> <laughs> Whose side are you on, bro? Um, <laughs> which I actually agreed with Amber in that, like, you need to be on my side versus your family's. But I understand. I think what was really happening there is that he was kind of realizing how trapped he was. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> um, so basically what happens is, like, all the girls, Amber, Jessica, and Elsie, mm-hmm. all think that Barnett is the guy for them. And they're also, like, kind of... They're not really living together. They like they have like a shared space where they can all talk mm-hmm. and rally. But I think they all had like trailers next to the pods, like the studio where the pods were. Yeah, another thing that was unclear. Like, was this a bachelor style house? Like what what was going on? Yeah. Um so Jessica's like more and more falling for Barnett, falling less in love mm-hmm. with Mark, one day Barnett <laughs> says to Jessica, basically, like, if there were no other girls here, there were no other guys here, like, it would be you and me, babe, like, we'd be engaged. Which is <laughs> a positive thing, but when you listen to it and you're not drunk off of three quarters of a, of a Cabernet Sauvignon, like, I, she didn't take it right. She thought that that was like, oh, we're engaged, we're getting engaged tomorrow. Like, yes. Oh, it was like, if there was nobody left on the planet, I would get engaged to you tomorrow because I wouldn't have any options, you idiot. (laughs) Yeah, and it was definitely very obvious, like, who he's going to pick because he kept saying to Elsie or whatever her name is, it's like, we're like the same person. And I'm like, nope, he's calling her his sister. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. (laughs) That's, he's saying that she, that that's her sister. Like, that's what he's saying. Like, I love her like a sister. Like, he friend-zoned her so hard. Jessica, you could tell he was just kind of like, he liked talking to her and was pleasing her. And you could tell he just like loved the craziness of Amber. Mm-hmm. Yep. A hundred percent. And he loved the craziness mm-hmm. of Jessica, but I think until he realized that he didn't. Um, so. Well, Jessica's crazy in a different way. Amber's crazy in like, I want us to fuck all over town and then cut each other. And Jessica's like, I just need you to love me. 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 You're totally right. Um, like, I'm going to love you until I murder you, which is like a different type of crazy. Yeah, definitely. Like every boyfriend she had has called Bonnie and Clyde. Like, oh, 100%. And, um, she loves the slutty couples costume, like all of those things. Um, so basically, as soon as <laughs> Jessica misinterprets mm-hmm. the fact that uh Barnett does not want to be with her she drops Mark like a bad habit and then the next day she's like oh so what did you say about us getting engaged and he was like I didn't <laughs> which in turn makes her livid and the wine starts flowing and she is slurring to every girl she turns into Massacre Talking about, like, oh, don't be with Barnett. He's going to do the same thing to you that he did to me. Like, do not stick with him. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, yeah. So then he finally drops Elsie. It was, like, a, a, a big, like, you know, ba- very Bachelor style in this regard. Like, Why won't anybody pick me? <laughs> 
Yeah, Elsie gets real dramatic. She goes from, like, a really... I thought she was, like, a, one of the best girls to being, like, fuck you, Barnett. Nobody's ever gonna love me. You're a piece yeah. of shit. Like, oh, it was great. It was great. So, but with her tail between her legs, like, oh, I guess I love you again. Mark eats it up. The poor little thing. The poor thing. Uh, the, <laughs> the poor sad guy. Okay, so... The first couple that gets engaged are Cameron and Lauren. They're doing great. Mm. Lauren says, I love mm. you on day four. Mm. They get engaged day five. Mm. Um, mm. Then we get D- Giannina and Damon who get engaged. How would you describe Giannina? Um, I saw someone online describe it well when they said, I saw like a comment that was like, they edited her to look like she's in a telenovela. And someone responded like, I think she edits herself that way. <laughs> A hundred percent. She's like a girl who really was like really into like One Tree Hill. Yeah. And... Here's the thing. Amber is crazy, but I think she's like, uh, I think she's also like, a, I don't know. Gia or Gigi will like literally burn your house down. <laughs> and not think anything about it. No, not think anything about it at all. Yeah. She truly talks like she's auditioning like, First, like, freshman year of college, like, for some sort of, like, student film, like, she is all in. And it, yes, she never wavers from that. Like, you want to call her a fake bitch, but, like, she truly never wavers from this behavior at all. It's no, very consistent. I think she's also, like, a very spoiled, do they ever say what she does for a living? Um, she, I don't know what description she used, but she, uh, used to sell, like, I think she was like a hair ambassador. <laughs> she had like a hair boutique, I think. I don't know if that was like extensions oh. or was like hair product or something. But apparently, okay, I can see her selling extensions actually. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Um, Gigi is, she is like, on one hand, she's like, I want to engage. She makes Damien stand up when he's proposing to her and she proposes to him. But then they have a fight and she's like, you never ravish me. And it's like, okay, but like, you don't seem like that's what you want. Like she is all over the place, like just totally like a star in her own mind. And she's a star in, I think, a lot of people's minds. Um, I have a quick question for you, though. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know how you tell me this is the best sex of your life? (laughs) I don't compliment. I don't care that it's the best sex of my life, too. <laughs> that was, like, incredible. I, you know, should we talk about how they're still together? Uh, love that. Damien and Giannina are a mess, a roller coaster. G- Damien's, like, backstory seems mm-hmm. to be that he, like, feels like the ugly duckling and that, like, mm-hmm. women don't really, aren't really into him and that's why he hasn't found anybody. Um, Which is, I know you said he's objectively the least attractive, but, like, I don't think it seems like there's that. Like, he drove a nice car. Like, I don't think he's ugly. Like, I didn't really buy that he, like, wasn't able to find anybody. Like, that didn't really make sense to me. He's not ugly. Like, he, you don't look at him and you're like, ugh. <laughs> He's not ugly, but, and he had a really nice body, which goes yeah. a lot. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all. But when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health. And we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. Um, yeah, I, I don't really understand what his story was, but basically they can't get it together. Every little thing that Damien says, she turns into like uh, the biggest situation in the world. They're on their Mexico honeymoon, pre-wedding honeymoon. Oh. God. He says something like, Oh, it's so nice to get away from it all. And she's like, What do you mean? What are <laughs> she's you like, Why would you say that? <laughs> what are you escaping from? Why didn't you tell me the truth? He's like, I'm on vacation. Okay. Can I talk about what the most iconic moment of the whole series was for me? Because I like to me this was like so fucking good when his parents just straight up were like, We will not meet her and we will not be on this TV show. <laughs> she's sitting in the parking lot in the car, like dousing her eyelashes with mascara like and he didn't she say at one point that and I wasn't sure if like that's what she said or that's what he told her they actually said but she said at one point that they didn't want him marrying some reality tv slut yeah I think she said they before he left they said don't marry a reality tv whore and she goes so I guess I'm just a reality tv whore and it's like well like I wouldn't say that but yeah that's what his family thinks like like, what sane person would be like, sure, I'll meet them. Like, I just love that his parents were like, we're not doing this. Like, we're, don't bring cameras to our fucking house. Like, and I will say, though, that Gigi is like, I think she is so pretty and like her body is insane. Uh, Yeah, I think she was for sure the best looking girl because she's like unique looking. Like all those girls look like yeah. everybody. She yeah, she had big brown eyes. She was like very, very pretty. Her mom's name was Milady, <laughs> which I loved. 
And I don't know if that's a popular name in Venezuela, but like I loved that. I, and like they were very dramatic. I actually think that if they gave anybody a spinoff show, it would be Gigi and Damien. Oh, for sure. And I think her mom was like, Gigi, you better run and we better get a fucking spinoff from this. Like I'm going to sob. Because they're kind of like Dharma and Greg. Like she's like this like flighty whatever. And he's just like the hard. Yeah. Can we talk about the wedding? Please. Okay. So first of all, I want to say that I did not like the finale. Um, just I didn't like how it was edited. I actually was fast forwarding, which I never do. I'm like kind of a believer in not fast forwarding. Because like if you watch the show, like watch the fucking show. But I found the marathon wedding segments just exhausting. You know what? I, like just like not cutting in between them. Just like one wedding after another wedding after another. Like it just was so long. I also was very confused as to why. Another thing that they did not lay out. They should have presented to us that everyone would be going through with the weddings and it would not be until they were at the altar that the final decision was made. Because I was so fucking confused as to why Lauren was saying she wasn't sure if she was going to say yes or not. I was like, so why are you having a wedding? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Like, none of this makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, it's, yes, very much worth mentioning that, like, an engagement, agreeing to an engagement does Mm -hmm. not guarantee that you guys are going to get married. Yeah. the whole process but it's mm-hmm. up until literally do you, are you gonna mm-hmm. say I do or not <laughs> till they decide mm-hmm. they make their final decision so because I guess it was part of the experiment which makes sense like I do understand that like in the context of the show but once again that was not explained so I kept being like so why are they having a wedding like why is there a wedding <laughs> like what like huh but so at Damien Gigi's wedding, I was actually like very proud of Damien for saying no, because I was like, oh, my God, finally, someone like called like someone had the nerve to like call chicken and duck mm-hmm. because Gigi didn't. And I was like, oh, Damien, I'm so proud of you. I also saw some photos. There's a Instagram called like Love is Blind Tea. And there's some pictures that somebody took at like a different angle and, like, Gigi and Damon are at the altar, and they hug and they kiss, and Gigi has a look on her face like, I understand. And so, you know, who knows what the running away was. But, like, Damien was right. Like, we can be together. We just can't be married. And I'm kind of not surprised that they got back together. But I was so, like, oh, thank God he said no. Like, Yeah, and I, I was not at all surprised. And I was proud of him for saying, like, you're really inconsistent. Like, we have really good moments, but we also have bad ones. And I really just at this point can't trust that you're going to be the one for me. But it was confusing. Like, I was like, so why did they just, like, talk about how much they loved each other if he was going to say no? <laughs> So it definitely made more sense when I realized that, like, the experiment was if they said yes or no. Right. Um, so yeah, like Gigi runs off. She's running with her shoes on, without her shoes on, in the woods, on the page. She slips slips on a tree almost at one point. Like on the side of the highway. She's like a whole forest gump running montage of her just like screaming and running around the property of this venue. It was amazing. And then the lady finds her and is sobbing and Gigi's like, Why are you upset? It's fine. <laughs> And I love that her mom was like, you should have been the one to say no. (laughs) Her mom was 100% right, by the way. Her mom was like, this is fucking embarrassing that you said yes and he said no. You should have said no, you fucking idiot. Like her mom, I was like, yeah, true, m'lady. Like, I agree. 
<laughs> I fully agree, and I I think it's kind of like it adds like if they had if they had explained it more, then it would have added added a certain level of excitement to be like, oh, which one are they gonna ask first? Because they yeah. kind of between asking the the man first and the women first. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Okay, so that's basically the end of them. Uh, who else we have? Okay, so Kelly and Kenny, we see them the least. And like you said earlier, they were really only brought on uh, after Carlton and Diamond got kicked off the show. Or not, after they broke up. Um, so we don't see them a lot. We see them, like, meet the parents. And it's just, like, lovely. Per- it's lovely. Symbiosis, like, you could not see... a a group of more happy white people in my life. Like they're oh, they all got along perfectly. They're like, can't wait for the wedding. We love this. They were both couples that had gotten married very quickly and yeah. had made work. And well, they're so- that classic thing where someone's like, my parents were married and like met and married within like two months. So it's fine. And my dad was also 27 years older than my mom. So like, don't worry about it. Right. <laughs> Actually worked out for both of them. Yeah. And- yeah, it seems like the parents really got along with each other, and they were all on the same team. Team Kelly and Kenny. It was perfect. Every Except. <laughs> until we get leading up to the days of the wedding, we see Kelly and Kenny in bed, and Kelly's talking about how she's never had an orgasm, and that she just, like, we find out that they have not had sex yet. I she's was... Not- shocked I thought like I totally understood why she wasn't sleeping with him in Mexico I was like fair enough you know what I mean like she seemed pretty conservative like I was like I get this like she's gonna wait like that's fine I'm like so honestly like rooting for them this whole time because I thought they really were like and this was oh okay so Lauren and Cameron I wasn't rooting them for initially because they didn't understand that they both lived in Atlanta and I was like I think she's too smart to like pick up her life and move it somewhere else and like merge into his life like I just don't see that happening so it's kind of not rooting for them but then I realized they both lived in Atlanta and I was like oh okay cool like I like them um basically because I liked Lauren too much and I like didn't want her to throw her life away over someone she met on tv um (laughs) but so I was like rooting for Kelly and Kenny because it's like they seem super into each other, right? Like they their family got along, they seem to really like each other. And then out of fucking nowhere, Kelly's like, Oh yeah, we still haven't set had sex. I'm not attracted to him at all, and he doesn't make me come. And he doesn't make me come. So basically like there was sort of like, you know, they had the like girls and boys talking about like, oh, have you guys had sex yet or not? And like like oh I'm a gentleman like he was being really evasive about it yeah and then later in the scene or later in the series says that they've done everything but so I'm thinking like okay you've never had an orgasm that I think is something that he's eating out so what's going on what's going on and I think she mentioned like having gained weight and like was Mm -hmm. like a health uh, I think she lost weight. I think she used to be fat. She gained weight and then she lost weight. And that always thinks like every time I hear, and I'm not a psychologist, like don't come for me for this, but like oftentimes when I hear about women who don't like oral, mm-hmm. I, there's usually some sort mm-hmm. of like body issue thing in their current or in their past. Yeah, I think like makes them uncomfortable to like be that yeah. vulnerable with somebody. And well, it's yeah, it's the most vulnerable thing you can have done to you. Well, exactly. And um, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I 
I, I mean, she's having this conversation about how it's never worked out. And obviously he's thinking like, okay, well, we've done enough for you to be having an orgasm. So I think that made him very uncomfortable. This is what I mean by the jar, the pacing of the show. I did not like because I was pissed about this because I was rooting for Kelly and Kenny. And I thought everything was great in Kelly and Kenny land. And like, you know, you do watch these shows and you want successful couples, right? Like you want a couple that are like a, a few of them that are terrible. And then you want one or two that you're like genuinely rooting for. And you think they make a good match and they'll be happy. Like that's why we watch these shows. And so I'm like, Jenny, I know everybody thought they were boring, but I thought they were boring in a good way that they would like be together forever type of way. And you know, when this footage of them continuously getting along with each other, like, and then all of a sudden we're finding out like that she's not coming and like, isn't into him at all physically. And I'm like, why wouldn't this be like shown throughout and, like, this should have been, like, a continuous thing so that I wasn't, like, putting so much emotionally on them working out. <laughs> <laughs> like, how it's... dare you make them seem like a dream couple for seven episodes, and then in episode eight, Kelly's like, I've never had an orgasm, I haven't had one with him, and he doesn't look like any of the other guys I've dated, and I actually think he's ugly. Right, and I don't feel that, like, sexual infatuation with him like I did with my ex, which, like... It's like, I feel like he's, like, my brother. I'm like, why are we just getting this in episode eight? (laughs) I agree. So, I actually found something that Kenny wrote about the sexual situation. Okay. So, he goes, wow, what a week. Episodes one through nine of Love is Blind have been released, and there's enough buzz to fill a million beehives. Considering the scope of the cast, myself included, is under... I did want to clear the air on something that I steadfastly support and believe. Sex. Or the control over not having sex, for that matter. The topic was brought up early on during my time in the pod, so I knew it was something that needed to be addressed swiftly and with diligence. I was adamant from the first discussion to the last that sex was not going to be introduced to my relationship during the experiment. My decision stemmed from the fact that considering the uniqueness of the environment that we were all in, it was nearly impossible to wrap my mind around introducing the physical. Moreover, the physical dynamic that is such a deep, intimate, emotional, and enriching bond between two people. Sex is just that, though, something to be cherished, valued, respected, and only exists between two people who are relentlessly committed to each other and every aspect of what it means to be in love. I hope that this decision is viewed through the lens of the audience with a sense of understanding and maybe encourages others to practice the same restraint, respect themselves, learn who you are, who you're with, who you're committing to, and build that special bond so that true love may exist. Something worth having is something worth building, and once it's built, it requires maintenance, attention, and contribution of love from both people. So I don't really answers the question at all I saw a lot of people saying like oh I respect his response but to me I don't that didn't really that muddies the waters for me yeah no because the issue wasn't that they didn't have sex like that wasn't the issue the issue was is that she didn't want to have sex with him right yeah, and so I just was mad that, like, this whole time they were selling us on Kelly and Kenny being, like, this great couple that you could root for, and then, like, we find this huge thing out about them. Like, not them not having sex, because, like, that, to me, isn't a big deal, and they could still have said yes without having sex. It's the fact that Kelly did not want to fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I loved, like, him getting, like, teed off at the end in the wine cellar. <laughs> How could you ask me that? (laughs) So they ask him, like, basically, like, do you guys think that you'll maybe work it out? Do you think you'll still talk to her? Blah, blah, blah. He's like, cut it out, guys. Like, I don't want to be filmed. 
I loved her family being like devastated. <laughs> they felt like I did. Where we were like, what? <laughs> like after she leaves, she like does a speech about like you know like oh I, I you know we did we did us proud or whatever. She said, but then leaves and then he does the speech for the whole uh all the guests. He's standing there like on the altar, does his lovely speech, thanking everybody for coming and I love you all and how much he appreciated everybody being here. But like sometimes things don't work out. And his her mom was like, I love him. <laughs> like she wanted to marry him. I would say this was one of two surprise endings for me. Um, I I was just like really thrown. And I think I would say that is a bad testament to the editors. I think the editors just didn't do a good job or production or whatever, just didn't do a good job with Kelly and Kenny. And Mm -hmm. I wish that we like that they had made them like brought this in earlier, you know, and like made us understand this a little better. And I will say, though, it really does prove that love is not blind because on paper, Kelly and Kenny were seemingly perfect (laughs) and like got along great, but she just didn't want to fuck him. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they literally looked like they could have been on any sort of dating website, you know, like Christian like, by the way, she looks like everybody, you know, she looks like so much like some actress and I could not put my finger on it. Like some actress has been on like the CW or something. Uh, Or like she plays a lot of moms. She also looked older, not she didn't, She's one of those people that doesn't look old, but she looked older. Yes. I she agree. had a very she had a very maternal energy about her. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> very very mom vibes, very like I like go to church and well, like why does she she just seems to be like I I'm actually kind of surprised she's single. I like she just seems like every other pretty girl in the south and so you would think she'd be married. Right. You would think, but some of those girls slip through the cracks, you know? Yeah, poor girl. <laughs> um, also I was very confused when they're like, Kelly has to go to uh go to work. Like she has to take a business trip. And I was like, What? And this is before I understood they were all living in Atlanta. I'm like, what is happening on this show? I'm like, they're going to work. <laughs> uh, because remember, yeah. they were like, we're all going to Atlanta. We're going to live in the apartments together. So I was like, oh, the production must just be out of Atlanta. So they're just going to have them all live there. And I'm like, wait, they're working? <laughs> and then I was like, oh. <laughs> um, so we had a listener named Sarah. She's very complimentary. She said, I don't know what I do without either of your pods. But she Aww. did want to know. She did have questions about Kelly. Um, so apparently Kelly was part of like a... Uh, multi-level marketing thing. Yeah, I meant to bring that up because they did call her a health coach, which always means you're like a beach body person. For sure. So, yeah. Um, I'm not really sure what her job was. Um, oh, let me see. Maybe I can find it. But, okay, so she, yeah, is a health coach. Which is not like a real thing. You know what I mean? Like, no... Nobody except multi-level marketing people call themselves health coaches. Right. Like, you call yourself a fitness instructor, a dietitian. Uh, you know, like, they're, like, actual terms for people who do, like, this is a career. They're personal trainers. They're dietitians. Even nutritionists, which is, like, not necessarily dietitian. You don't have to have the schooling for it. Like, it still is a real name. But, like, a health coach doesn't mean anything. I agree. She calls herself a health and empowerment coach. Yeah, and- which is nothing. 
Um, I'm just seeing a link tree. I don't know. She's got like a Facebook group and weight loss stuff. It looks like she does. Is it Optiva or something? Or like, is there, it might be, I, I know a woman who lost a ton of weight doing a multi-level marketing thing, like a lot, a lot of weight. And then she was like one of the first people in her area to do it. And then got everybody else she knew to do it and made so much fucking money. Cause she got in, you know what I mean? Like on the ground level. Ground. Yeah. Um, no, it looks like it's her own thing. Interesting. Oh, no. Whatever it is, it can't be real. Well, there is a thing called Chase Life. Well, her last name is Chase, which is why I was thinking that maybe this is hers. But there is a wellness company called Chase Life Wellness. Mm. Um, and yeah, this looks like some bullshit. Nutritional supplements. Yeah, Chase Life with Kelly. Okay, let's see what her. Thing, essential oils. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, I see what you mean. Okay, wait, I want to see the weight loss kickstart program, what that means. Beachbody, I fucking knew it. (laughs) (laughs) 21-day fix with Beachbody. Oh, there you go. Uh, So, you know what? You know what I want to say? Good for you, Kelly, for getting on a fucking reality TV show, and you just got so many people to add to your downline, I bet. Good for you. Yeah, she's, she's a picture of the wedding. She did look pretty. I want to see her fat pictures. I wonder if she has them. <laughs> she has a great yeah, body. She she really is. Yeah, she's talking about like investing six and five thousand dollars. So yeah, no fuck that. Um, let's see. Okay, so let's go to. Ah, uh, gosh. Um, should we go to Amber and Barnett? Yeah. So they're the first couple that uh, both couples actually say I do. Yes. Um, but they're, I think we should maybe go back to talk about their, their love story, if you will. <laughs> By the way, um, I just found, I think, what Kelly's before picture is. And she was thin. She just didn't have muscle. She probably lost 11 pounds, which is, I know another woman that does Beachbody who I've known since like elementary school. And she's been thin her whole life and her before and afters. I'm like, you were always thin. Like, there's nothing encouraging about this. Like, there's nothing inspirational about, like, she'll post her before, and I'm like, you kind of look thinner in your before. Like, what? Are you... <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, Amber and Barnett mm-hmm. were, like, the hot and heavy couple of mm-hmm. their group. They were incessantly horny for each other. They didn't really seem to have much in common, except for they like to, like, party, I guess, and have fun I think yeah they like to party and they like to fuck and but I also think Barnett's like very serious at the end of the day weirdly enough yes I think he it seems like he felt a lot of responsibility to be successful we see them go to each other's parents house and like Amber oh we don't even see Amber's apartment by the way everybody else we see where they live and she goes I'm not bringing him there I'm never living there again I'm moving into his house well, she also said that she didn't really live there. So she kind of, like, admitted <laughs> that she was homeless. So, that, like, see his house. That's and incredible, like, by the way. To be like, well, here's the thing. Like, I'm kind of homeless, but I am engaged now, and he has a house. So, like, I'm going to live with him. She really, like, good for you, girl. She sat her ass on <laughs> And he owned, like, it wasn't nicely furnished or well kept up, but he owned, like, a nice townhome. It was like a yeah, a little townhome. It didn't look like there was any sort of natural light coming in there. I'm oh, sure oh no. But there. it could be nice. It, you could shush it up. You could certainly sell it if you need to. Yeah. Um, 
basically she plops herself on his counter, his kitchen counter, and is like, well, I've got $700 in debt with Sephora, and then I also have another $20,000 in debt. I I, did, I was impressed that she, her, all she had was $700 in credit card debt. Right. <laughs> it's like, for makeup? <laughs> yeah, and she goes, well, the last time I went makeup shopping, I spent $200. It's expensive. <laughs> she didn't even seem like she wore makeup that much. <laughs> No, because on her wedding day, she had a ton of makeup on and she looked good. But I was like, wow, she has a lot of makeup on. Yeah. Because you weren't used to seeing her with that much makeup. Not at all. Um, so, yeah, she basically is like, I have no intention of working and I just want to be a housewife. So are we going to have this now or do you want to do them like five minutes from now? And he was like, uh. <laughs> I bet Barnett, like, okay, I think. They always talk about Barnett's, like, goofiness, which is something he hates in himself because he wants to be more serious. And I bet he is goofy, but I also bet, like, he's an engineer. Like, I bet his dad does his, like, budgeting. You know what I mean? Like, I think he, I think he's a lot more straight-laced than we thought in the pods. And, like, I think, like I said, I think in the pods we were, we were supposed to believe he was, like, Mr. Popular, like, the cool guy. And I really, like, once we were out of the pods, I was like, I think he's a dork. Yeah, I mean, he definitely got his image, his perception, my perception of him changed. And mostly, like I said earlier, is because of Jessica. So Jessica is still not able to get over Barnett, despite well, the Well, by the way, Jessica apparently was fine with Mark. It wasn't until they got to Mexico that she wanted to get home. And I'm pretty sure, AK, when she saw Barnett. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so yes. Nobody, like, the, they get engaged and then the couple see each other, but... Everybody doesn't see each other until they get to Mexico. And then I and thought then it was Jessica so funny. wants to kill herself. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was so funny that Lauren was like, Barnett looks exactly like I thought he would. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so yeah, Jessica is like so smitten for Barnett. She is like Mark who she spends most of the, I don't, you can't even call it a honeymoon, but most of the cast trip, trying to convince Barnett that, like, his and Amber's connection is only basic. She's like, you're wrong. She's like, there's just no way. There's just no way. Like, <laughs> You guys are just, like, into each other physically, but she's like, just stop playing around with me, Barnett. Like, she keeps wanting her him to, like, admit that, like, mm-hmm. he's really in love with her and that it's not going to work out with Amber. But I appreciate Barnett. The whole time he was completely respectful towards Jessica, but also respectful towards Amber and their relationship and saying like. In a better show, Barnett and Jessica would have fucked. Oh, well, yeah. I really wish. I was really hoping for that. So was Jessica. (laughs) (laughs) It would have been more fun. And in season two, I think I would like to see a little more deviousness between the couples. Okay. I, I just think it would add to it, you know? I agree. I think, yeah, th- there is something we could do more with, like, finally seeing who the they were talking to. Yeah. Uh, in the pods and, like, having that be even mm-hmm. bigger of an issue. Yes. Yeah, I do love that. I uh, want to see a couple be, like, I just want to see two people from that liked each other in the pods but went with different people realize their mistake in Mexico. Yes. That would be great. Um, so did you feel, get the sense that like Barnett would not have said yes if Amber had not said yes first? 
I, yeah, I think that like Amber's, well, no, because I think he knew Amber was saying yes, no matter what. That's true. I mean, I think Amber made it very clear that like Barnett was her, I mean, she said over and over again, like that Barnett, she was never going to let Barnett leave her and that she was all in and that she had nowhere else to live. (laughs) I love there, there was one part where he was like, I don't know what she does all day. (laughs) nothing babe like she scrolls instagram like (laughs) he was like he came home from work and he was like how was your day she's like i don't know she's like talking about how exhausted he is and he's just staring at her like what did you even do like (laughs) do you even do woman um but so i had so much secondhand embarrassment when she was at his family's oh yes we got a question from somebody else who asked if Amber was trying to channel Julia Roberts with her laugh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Who laughs that hard at anything? (laughs) Oh, God. Oh. Um, Okay. So, the next couple we'll go to is, I guess, Mark and Jessica. Okay. Um, So, they were a mess from start to finish. I mean, Mark was always second place from from jump and Jessica never made it easy for him at any point. She was no, no, no obnoxious, horrible, horribly like no home training whatsoever. And I would definitely say the highlights of these episodes were when Jessica, when they would be in Mexico and Jessica would just be sitting on their bed at night, like so drunk, just like poking at him, like egging him on. (laughs) My favorite scene was them was like of her doing math like seven different ways like everything is gonna change like okay if we have a baby and the baby's five twenty five he's like yeah that's fine and she's like yeah but then I'll be this age she's like yeah I know (laughs) and she kept bringing up the baby's age like that has anything to do with anything like what if the baby's seventeen and then I'm fifty and then you're forty and he's like. Yeah, I understand how arithmetic works. Like, How about when Jessica went to his house and was like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, to be fair, he did have a beanbag. Oh, it was <laughs> terrible. He lived it like, and she goes, is that your textbook? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, it's my instruction book for my health coaching or whatever. Um, yeah, she, her main issue, well... Her second main issue was the fact that she's 34 and he's 24 and she thinks that everybody on the planet is going to have an issue with this. (laughs) Nobody gave any fucks at all. And then she was like, oh, I guess I have to find something else to be mad at him about. Like the poor, she also just wasn't, I think if she had been attracted to him, like it would have, it would have all been fine. It's just immediately she was like, nope, not into him. He's short. He's, I don't like it. But like, was he that short? Because she could still wear heels, and they were like the same height. Like, yeah, no. But I think she usually probably dates like a tall, broad guy, like Barnett. But it's like, okay, well, how does that work out for you? Yeah, no. I just think like right from the jump, she was just like so not physically attracted to him, and then she saw Barnett, who she was physically attracted to, and she just like spiraled. I wonder if Mark looked like Barnett and vice versa, how she would have reacted. Yeah, yeah, interesting. By the way, I thought Barnett and Amber were gonna like fuck during their like reveal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
I they mean, were so attracted to each other. Like from like I thought Amber was gonna like force him to have sex right there. <laughs> Who knows? You know, she had the easy access with that dress. Um I yeah. <sighs> okay. Um so <sighs> Justin is basically like Mark keeps having to convince her every which way that he is going to be okay. He's fine with having kids younger. He's fine with being married. He's not feeling like he's missing out on his life by getting married at 24. There is no issue. Like what an unhealthy dynamic to have to constantly convince somebody that like you want to still be around. Yeah. I will. Cause she just really, I think with knowing the fact that like from day one in Mexico, she wanted to leave and production was kind of forcing her. I think she just like wanted Mark to be like, okay, we, it won't work. And so she could go home. Well, yeah. And we find that when she is wasty pants and is like, I think Barnett's Barnett's so sexy and hot. (laughs) Mark like loses it, goes to sleep on the couch. And then the next day she's like, I think that maybe I had a little bit too much to drink. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and he's totally fine with it. Oh, God. He's so pathetic. It really. Well, like, him, like, continuously being like, I love her. I love her. I want to marry her. It's, like, crazy. Apparently, we don't see her parents because she refused to, like, have them on the show. Oh and my- she didn't even carry a bouquet for the wedding because she was like, I don't care. Like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and that's why she only had, like, two people at like on her side because she wouldn't invite anybody for the wedding. That's what I was learning. I was like, why is she walking down the aisle with no bouquet? Like I've never seen anything like that. She's like holding the side of her dress. Like she's walking up the stairs to go to some event. Like it was very strange. And uh, yeah, but she refused. She refused to have like any of her family vo- be involved in it, which actually makes me like Jessica a little more because she was like, no, I'm not into this. I just wonder, like, what was her, like, what, what were they giving to her that was making her stay? Because I heard that they got paid, like, little to nothing to be on the show. Um, I'm sure Instagram followers. I'm sure they told her, like, you're gonna, like, be more famous the longer you stay. True. Gotta think about the long con. Yeah. And I think they just were like, come on, like, you really, you know, like, you... You committed to the, like, I think that we really underestimate, like, how much a reality TV producer can get into your fucking head. And, and, like, really convince you to do shit. Yeah. You don't have a cell phone, you're cut off from your family and friends, and, like, you're really trusting in what they're saying. Yeah, and they're like, come on, like... They, I'm sure they just, like, had, like, I don't know exactly what her business is, but they're probably, like, think of all, like, the followers you'll get, and you'll be able to make money off of them, and if you leave now, like, you just, like, you're not going to make an impact at all. We're actually going to cut you out of this show pretty much totally, because we're going to have to bring in another couple if you guys leave, and, like, you won't even be, like, your name won't even be known if you stay, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure they got, like, they figure out how to get turned got to her. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. She obviously, Mark's like, I'm physically going to hurt if she says no, which... She does. His mom is also pissed, and she's like about to put a brewery on him on Jessica. <laughs> she livid. Like she was giving eyes, like bitch, I will cut you for hurting my boy. I can't believe that he said yes. I mean, I can because he was so pathetic. He said yes, right? We saw him first. Yeah. Uh, did we? No, I don't he think was, he did. But he was gonna say yes. Yeah, of course, of course. Which um, is like, first of all, like. Jessica's not that pretty, so, like, let's not pretend, like, you're obsessed with her looks. And second of all, like, she hated you. Why were you so obsessed with her? Yeah, there was never any point where he revealed, like, what it is about her that he really liked so much. No, nothing. There. How about the only night that they, like, had an enjoyable night was when she didn't have to look at him because he set up the pod date. (laughs) He set up, like, he put, popped two towels down on the floor, one in the living room, one in the the bedroom, put some rose petals on the floor and was like, okay, here's your own bottle of wine, and we're just going to talk without saying, she's like, I'm so happy, this is great, I love this, I love that I don't have to look at your stupid little face at all. Exactly, like, how sad is that? (laughs) Like, the signs were there, Mark, why are we not picking up on them? Um, our final couple, of course, is the crown jewel of the show, Lauren and Cameron. Yes. Um, they, you know, they saved them for the end. They got the most attention in terms of, like, the actual wedding, like, the preparation and the after part. Uh, you know, Cameron was all in from the beginning, but Lauren, like, as the series go on, be more and more Mm -hmm. unsure, um, I've heard a lot of people say that, like, they do not think that Lauren is as into Cameron as he is into her. And I think, I think she just doesn't love the same way he does. Yeah, I think that she was just, like, waffling about the seriousness of getting married, not so much about being married to him. Right. And, like, why should I really bring this white man into my family with my, like, you know, like, Black Lives Matter, Civil Rights father um who believes in the you know the strength of the black family you know should i even put myself in this situation only to make it yeah well i also think that like something that they like kind of touched down on for one minute is that like cameron had been in a five-year-long interracial relationship before and she never had so what i mean it is and was a big decision and it's not just like they're deciding like are we going to date you know what I mean? Like, she's like, am I going to marry this white person? And I could see how it would be overwhelming to be like, I found this guy. He's really sweet. He's got this gorgeous house that wants me gorgeous to live. Gorgeous house. I mean, that I, I would have moved in. And when she it. was like, can I keep my apartment? I'm like, bitch, for what? <laughs> for what? <laughs> that little shithole. One bed, like. 
studio go girl you can make your own studio in any of these five bedrooms like don't girl, worry what are you talking about when she said that I was like what? oh and that's when I was also really confused when they went to her apartment because she had said she was originally from Detroit and I was like are they in Detroit like how did they get there <laughs> uh yeah I I really like them as a couple um I'm not like standing for them like other people are, but I'm also not like okay. I don't I don't believe the hype that she's not as into him. I think Here's she the is. Thing. I think he is more into her, but shouldn't be shouldn't that be how it is that the man should be more into the woman? Yeah. Like is that a bad thing? Like I don't think that's a bad thing that he's more into her. I don't think it is either. Also, like they've known each other for a month. Like I would like I would really like to see like an update episode on them. Well, there will be. They're they're doing a reunion. It, yeah, but I last... mean, and I think that in the first, in the final episode, they should have cut in between the wedding segments more, had less build up to them, and like cut in, you know what I mean? Not just like one wedding, then another wedding, then another wedding. I think they should have cut all through them, and then we should have got where are they now updates, and then they could have had a reunion as well. Yeah, that's fair. Um. So let's get into the tea. Like I said, the reunion was filmed last week. It'll air on March 5th on, I think, Netflix and YouTube. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Uh, like I said, Gigi and Damien are still together. I saw this really great video of Cameron. Somebody was on, like, Instagram Live with Cameron and Lauren. And there's some, like, drunk white girl who's like, oh, my God, Lauren, I love your hair. I just want to touch it. Your hair looks so great. And Lauren walks up and is like, don't do that. <laughs> he was like, I know your intention. He's like, but please do not touch her hair. And I was like, Oh my God. And I love you. I love you for that. Um, yeah. So the, I, what do you grade the show overall? I think it's a solid B show. Okay. I think it was fun and enjoyable. I think that they need to retool for season two. Um, I think, like I said, I think the pacing was kind of weird. Uh, a lot of stuff was unclear. But I think casting-wise, they did a great job. I think they really hit I think what saved the show is that they had a great fucking cast. I think they did an incredible job casting. I think everybody on the show was very entertaining and easy to watch and fun to watch. And I just would like to see... I don't know. I think I would like to see a little more drama, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I do understand. I think they... In a way, it was good that it wasn't so explosive drama because it felt a little more real. But I think there needs to be just something more. And I also just think the finale episode was, like, so long. In terms of season two, I was disappointed to find out that I think they could have benefited from... And I know you have to have, like, money and budgets and all this. But, like, I wish that they had filmed, like, two or three series of this. Agreed. Agreed. Before, like, doing season two. Because I think season two is going to be, like, a whole different element. Yeah. Now. It's just going to be, yeah, it's going to be unnatural. Because it always is. Yeah. And I, I always love, like, when people don't really know what they're getting themselves into. Yes. So when you have a new experience like that, I think you kind of, like, got to hit the ground running with that. And now that there's been all this time, and they're not even, like, thinking about, like, a city or anything like that. Yeah. I, just, I like, totally I totally agree with you there. Um, but I would like, like, I think it was good and it was fun and it was definitely different. Yeah. Have you seen Married at First Sight? No, I'm not a Married at First Sight watcher. Okay. It, 
They they did have a lot of ex- uh, of uh, similarities, but I did I do like that like there was no forcing of anybody to get together. Like yeah, it was entirely up to them. Like nobody had to get married or had to get engaged. Like yeah, I also think the element of them all living in the same city is like cool as hell. Like it makes it much more realistic. Like you're like shit. These people could like actually really like be in love and love each other and be together and like have their lives like merge together and it can work because they all live in the same place. Yeah. Yeah. I I would love to see them in Chicago. I think that would be the perfect city for a, an experiment like this. I agree. Chicago would be a very good city. Um, I think obviously LA, but I don't want them to do LA because I think it would be too young and too, I think the ages were also very good on this show. I like that it was mostly older twenties to early thirties. Um, I thought that was good. That, you know, it seemed like most people were between the ages of, like, 26 and 35. Yeah. And I thought that was fun, and it wasn't – I mean, yeah, of course, they're all just, like, influencers, but actually most of the men did have jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's important. I like the idea of the people being, like, real pe- – like, obviously, they all want to be influencers, and they all want to be famous, because why else would you go on a reality TV show in, you know, in this day and age? But I right. do like the idea of, like – these are real people. They have real jobs. They have real lives. They have real families. And they all live and work in the same place. And, like, they theoretically, like, could get married. Yeah. Like, they could they could meet each other at a bar and that wouldn't be weird. Yeah, because, like, I don't watch The Bachelor, but, like, you see on The Bachelor, it's, like, The Bachelor's from, like, fucking bumfuck Idaho. And, like, the girls that he likes are from, like, major thriving cities. And, like, some of them have careers. And it's, like, so they're moving to Idaho? Like, why? Like, why would they move there? Like, this doesn't make any sense, which is why, like, when Lauren and Cameron, at first, I was like, no, I don't want Lauren to, like, pick up her life and move for some guy. But then when I found out they both lived in Atlanta, I was like, okay, I'm all in. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, So who do you think, I mean, maybe I should not bring Amber, or not, excuse me, Lauren and Cameron into it. But if you're going to pick between Amber and Barnett and Giannina and Damien, who do you think would make it? Who do you think is going to make it last? Um, Probably, I think Amber and Barnett will last for longer, but I don't think they'll last forever. Uh, I am truly shocked that Gigi and Damien are living together, and I'm not shocked that Amber and Barnett are still together, basically. Not at all. Not at all. Gosh. Okay. Well, do you have any other things that you would like to share about the show? No, I like I really liked it. It was fun. I look forward to seeing what they can do in season two. I hope that the they kind of um iron out like the pod stuff for season two. And I would like to see like actual diversity in body types in people. Yeah, so this was another another thing that a lot of people bring up was that it was too heteronormative, but like Well, I think it kind of has to be all not has to be, but I think they do that all straight so that they are not hooking up in the house. Well, yeah. And that's what I was wondering. Like, how would you go about that logistically? Because you're they right. Just couldn't ha- they couldn't have any, like, commingling uh, outside of the pods for anybody, which would be cool. That would be a cool way to do it. It would be. I, I would be into that. Um, like, just I- have two weeks of them, like, just in the hotel room and then right to the pod. And they don't have, like, the talking in between. Right. Yeah. Not the like West Side story. Like, hey, guys, let's give each other high fives with our notepads while we all go to each other's pods. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
so the, another thing that was brought up was in terms of like racial diversity and that's another touchy subject because you know like we saw that one clip of that guy who was like you're you black yeah <laughs> and that was it um and to that and like i almost wondered if carlton was like I know she's the only other black girl. Diamond's the only other black girl here, and I'm only attracted to black women, and maybe that's yeah. with her. Yeah. I wonder. Um, I mean, I would say that it's surprising that the show wasn't just all white. <laughs> like, like the fact that they yeah. did have a black couple and an interracial couple, like, was a little more diversity than I would expect from yeah, this type of show. It's Atlanta. You should expect more diversity. I'm like, no, there are a lot of black people in Atlanta, but that does not mean that they commingle with white people. Like, that's not really how it works. It's a diversity in terms of numbers or like. Yeah, I would also like to see an all black version of this show. Yeah, that'd be great. I would like a black love is blind. Because, like, let's not pretend like reality TV is super interracial. You know what I mean? Like, reality TV is pretty segregated. And I would say this was the white version of this show. Yeah. Um, even though there were black people on it. And I'd be interested to see the black version of the show. Yeah. Or like a majority black yeah. version or something. Yeah. I think I would love to see more examples of like. Well, no, made for a black audience. I think in my opinion, this is very much made for a white audience. Yeah. Yeah. Or just, you know, made made for a diverse audience, but we just get to see black love. But I mean, you know, that's, you know, people tend not to tune into things well, like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if it's majority black, it's made for a black audience because that's yeah. how white people are. And <laughs> un- like, that's just the reality. And it's why a lot of white people only don't watch Real Housewives of Atlanta. You know what I mean? Or Potomac. Oh, they I know what you mean. And they say like, <laughs> oh, I can't relate to Real Housewives of Atlanta, but yeah. I love to see like, okay, what about OC do you find relatable? Yeah, exactly. So I think it'd be interesting to see that version of the show, but I would like for season two to um have some people that are ugly and fat and a bunch of different types of people. And so at the reveals, they're actually like, more anti or like more climatic yeah i would like for there to be more potential for consequence yeah or or good stuff like just be like wow this truly would never have been my type but like i'm really getting to it like i would love to see that but then it's like well i did see somebody responded to my tweet about that that the reason that they probably didn't do that is because then the couples wouldn't like they needed the longevity of the couples and i was like that's fair Yes, but I would like to see, I would like to see some challenging of what we expect in terms of relationships. Agreed. Well, Liz Bentley, where can everybody find you? Um, You can listen to me on my podcast, Feathers in My Hair, which is about the show Teen Mom. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at BentleyLiz1 or come over to my Teen Mom account, which is Feathers underscore pod. God bless you, Liz. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Have you back as soon as possible. Uh, Have a great day, girl. Bye. Bye.